Well, we are so excited that you have joined us at Miles City Online. And as now we're kicked into 2021, what happens a lot of times at the beginning of the year? We're all trying to get more healthy, right? We're thinking about our health. We got resolutions going on. We got all these plans and different things that are happening. We're getting slammed with advertisements, marketing schemes to, to help us get more healthy. And sometimes I think we're, we're wondering, well, who's the expert? You're in luck today. Look no further because I'm the expert. I'm the expert and I'm going to help you get healthy. And I'm going to call some of you out. And I'm going to get bold with it, by the way. So hang on one second. Listen, here's the thing. Some of you, some of you, I just have to call out your unhealthy, filthy habits, okay? Some of you, if you're honest, some of you, you are just drinking in and consuming so much pop and so much soda. That same stuff, that same pop, that same soda, that, that is literally helps like take the corrosion off of a battery. You're putting it inside your body. I'm telling you, it's going to kill you. It's going to flat out kill you. Or for some of you, you're going to Starbucks all the time and you're getting your frappuccinos and putting five pumps of this and four pumps of that over and over again. That sugar, if you're not, if you're not careful, it's going to kill you. I'm telling you, it's going to kill you. Or for some of you, you know, you're going to getting a Big Mac, you're going to Taco Bell, getting the taco box and eating all this fried food. If you're not careful, I'm telling you, it's going <coughs> to, it's going to absolutely kill you. Or for some of you, you say you're going to start hitting those home workouts and doing the 30-day fix when all you're doing, all you're doing is sitting on the couch watching Netflix. And if you're not careful, if you're not careful, that stuff is going to flat out kill you. Today we continue in our series, What Would Jesus Undo? Jesus, we're going to talk about, would undo hypocrisy. Jesus would undo hypocrisy. You know the thing that's that is just weird with hypocrisy, is that it's really easy for us to see the hypocrisy in everyone else, but it's really difficult sometimes for us to see the hypocrisy in us through all the smoke and the mirror in our own lives. What would Jesus undo? I think you get the point. I think you get the point. And hey, for all you adults out there and kids that are watching, listen, I'm not endorsing smoking, okay? I'm not endorsing smoking. Smoking will kill you. Barry, get this thing out of here. And Barry, don't you be smoking it. Get, you know, put it out, put it out, put it out, put it out. What would Jesus undo? Today we're talking about how Jesus would undo the sin of hypocrisy, which is so, so horrible for all of us. And it's also so despicable when it comes to hypocrisy within the local church. For Christians to have a hypocritical way of, of thinking and in a way of living is so, so damaging and horrible. And maybe if you're honest, if, if you're listening, the reason maybe why you're listening from a distance or listening from afar or haven't really dipped your toe too much into the, the world of church is because you think, and you could probably finish this sentence, I don't want to get involved in church because the church is filled with a whole bunch of hypocrites. That's right. The church is filled with a whole bunch of hypocrites. And a lot of times it becomes a little joke within the church because when we hear that statement, a lot of times we're like, yeah, yeah, you're right. And so there's always room for one more. So why don't you come join us? And we all laugh and think that's funny. And it, even though that's true because the church is filled with people and we're messy and we're broken, it is really, really damaging. 
It is really, really damaging. It could cause so much harm when we as Christ followers allow hypocrisy to consume and take over our lives. The, uh, the, the great theologian Brennan Manning wrote this. He says, the single greatest cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips, then walk out the door and deny him with their lifestyle. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. And if you were a fan in the 90s of DC Talk, then all you can hear in your mind right now is this soundtrack. Oh, yeah. Kevin Max, Michael Tate, uh, Toby Mac, and a Mac is back. No slack on the DC track is Jack, the uncomprehension. I believe that I failed to mention that. Oh, man, DC Talk. Some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. Look them up. A great band. You'll thank me later. You're welcome. Rabbit Trail. But seriously, think about this. DC Talk played this on the beginning of one of their songs, What If I Stumble? But this is so true. Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips then walk out the door and deny him with their lifestyle is what the world simply finds unbelievable. It makes the world not want to believe, not want to embrace. And some of you, you've been affected by that. You were a part maybe of the church, but then someone in the church hurts you. So a pastor or a leader or just someone in the church who claimed this, maybe it was a parent, a friend, a cousin, an uncle, and they did something that harmed you that's like, I don't want nothing to do with that. I think of my own life. When I was growing up in the church, when I was in the youth group in high school, I had five youth pastors in four years. And three of them got fired because of sexual immorality. And one of them was with one of the students. It just like rocked my world back then. It made me so angry. It made me so frustrated. It made me want to push away. But through that all, God started to, to, to press in on me and show me that, yes, yes, the church People are broken, and there's brokenness within the church. But he began to show me that the church has so much beauty within it, and it's this beautifully broken, amazing thing that he has allowed us to be a part of. And the other thing that he showed me through time, and as I got older and I started to see more and more leaders fall and fall and fall and fall, Instead of me wanting to just point the finger at them and point the finger at them, you hypocrite, how could you? And the anger that I would feel inside of me, God started to take that finger that I was pointing out towards them and he started to put it right towards me and say, before you judge, before, look at yourself. Take the log out of your own eye. Where are you, Travis? Where are you, Travis? A hypocrite. Where are you vulnerable to fall maybe just like they fell? And so today, the goal, the hope is that all of us, whether we're a believer or not, would be honest with ourselves and look at our own lives and stop putting on the facade and ask ourselves, where is there hypocrisy in me? Where is the hypocrisy in my own life. Well, that was a fun little in intro for us to get this, this talk started. But before we dive into this idea of hypocrisy in our lives, let me pray for you and pray for me. Father, thank you for drawing us to this moment, for connecting us here 
uh, today. Uh, and I just ask that you would help us to hear from you, that we would lower our guard and hear from what you would want us to hear today. Please control my mind and my thought as I communicate today. May people hear your word, not my words. I pray this in the power of your son's name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, before we uh, uh, dive into what hypocrisy is, we need to figure out, uh, let's talk a little bit about what hypocrisy, what hypocrisy is not. Here's, here's what it says here. Hypocrisy is not the disparity between what we do and what we wish we did. Hypocrisy is not this disparity between what we do and what we wish we did. It's not how, how we behaved or how we wish we would have behaved or I, I, I had that bad thought, but I didn't want to have that bad thought or, or I, I didn't want to say this, but I said it anyways. I didn't want to do this, but I did it anyways. You see, that right there is just flat out sin. You see, there's a difference between sinning and the sin of hypocrisy. There's a difference between sinning and the sin of hypocrisy. See, here's what hypocrisy is. Hypocrisy is the gap that's between what we show and who we are. Hypocrisy is the gap between what we show and, what, and who we are. It's, it's the difference between what we say and how we actually are living. It's the difference between the, our public persona of how we're showing everyone what we're doing versus the private character of our private lives. What would Jesus undo? Jesus would undo hypocrisy. What would Jesus undo? Jesus would undo the show. He would get so, so frustrated and literally would just rail against uh, this idea of hypocrisy of those that would claim to know him or claim to know God. And, and, and they would just get so, he would get so frustrated. And a lot of times when he would see this, when he was here on earth, Jesus would use this word right here, or we get the word hypocrisy. He would use the word hypocrates. Say that with me at your home. Hippocrates, which Hippocrates is an actor, a stage player, one who hides behind the mask. And so today I, I got some help here, Barry, thanks again. Uh, got, got me some masks to hide behind the mask. And listen, can you, this is kind of creepy. Like if you saw this, like if you came home in your garage and you saw this mess, this was kind of like freak you out, right? It freaked me out. Can you imagine if I just spoke the whole time with this? I won't do that, but we put on different masks. It's like the old Greek plays. They would use these masks to have different characters, to have different, um, you know, just roles that they would play. And so this would represent, there's many different masks that we can put on to be hypocrites. This, let's use the, the argumentative, the, the, the argumentative, angry, judgmental hypocrite, where how dare you think this way? You're drinking and you're smoking and you're gambling and you're being promiscuous. How dare you? And they're pointing the finger, pointing the finger. But then they take off the mask and no one knows but them and God that they have this secret addiction that no one knows. But they're so quick to point the finger at everyone else. But behind the mask, it's all a facade of their secret skeleton sin addiction that they have going on. There's the angry mask. Not only is there the angry mask, let's look at some different masks here. There's the angry mask. What about this mask? This is the, the happy, bless the Lord, bless the Lord, oh my soul mask. Where you're just walking around, you're coming into church, glory to God. Oh, praise Jesus, praise him. But little do you know, you take the mask off and you're fighting and demeaning your spouse all 
day, all week long. Oh, but praise the Lord. Praise Jesus. Oh, bless your heart. But did you see what she was wearing today? How could she wear that in church? But praise Jesus. Bless her heart. They take off the mask. Different facade. Different facade. The other mask is, is, the, is the, I'm fine. Everything's fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Everything's good. I'm, I'm totally fine. I'm totally good. But behind the mask, you're, you're completely not good. You're, 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 you're crumbling inside. You're, you feel so deflated. You feel so depressed. But then you put on the front. I'm fine. Everything is fine. What would Jesus undo? Jesus would undo the mask. Jesus would undo hypocrisy in our lives to stop putting on the show. Titus 1.16 says this. It says, they claim to know God, but by their actions, they deny him. They claim to know God, but by their actions, they deny him. Jesus despised hypocrisy. All throughout scripture, we see him despising hypocrisy when they would, people would try to give just to be seen. Look at how much I'm giving. Or, or let me pray so I can be heard. They would stand on the street corners. Let me hear, let me, you hear this beautiful prayer that I'm praying. Or, or fast and let everyone see that you're fasting so that you could be noticed. Or again, pointing the finger at someone when really they're not doing what they are, are, are saying that they're supposed to do. And they're criticizing and criticizing and criticizing. There's a story when Jesus walked into the temple and when he walked into the temple, he saw people selling uh, animals for sacrifices over and over again. And he walks in and he doesn't like, hey guys, I told you not to do that. You shouldn't be doing that. No, what did he do? It says that he took the tables. He started to turn them over because he was so, so frustrated by this hypocritical thinking, this hypocritical living by these so-called believers. And what did he do? He cried out. He said, this is my father's house. It will not become a den of thieves. This is a place where we seek my father. Father in prayer. Jesus was serious about hypocrisy. Jesus hated the idea of us putting on masks and, and acting and faking like we're something that we're really not. He talks really specifically in the book of Matthew chapter 23. He says this, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which, which outwardly appear beautiful, but within are full of dead people's bones and uncleanness. So you also outwardly appear righteous to others, but within you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. You serpents, or in other words, you snakes, you broad of vipers. How are you to escape being sentenced to hell, he says. That's pretty bold. That is pretty, pretty bold. He says, how can you escape being sentenced to hell if you are going to be a hypocrite? What would Jesus undo? Jesus would undo hypocrisy. But what we have to notice in this text is that Jesus wasn't calling out specific sins here. Jesus was calling out the show. He wasn't calling out the sin. He was calling out the show. He wasn't saying, you know, woe to you who says bad language or woe to you who, who watches bad things on Netflix or, or, or woe to you. What he's saying is woe to you who do bad things and pretend that you're not doing them. He wasn't calling out the sin. He was calling out the show. 
One way that we see hypocrisy just running rampant in our day and age in the 21st century, right, is, is social media, right? I mean, it's so easy for us to fall into the trap of hypocrisy when it comes to social media in our lives. Like posting something on your social, social media about you and your spouse and how everything is just amazing and beautiful and everyone from the outside thinks everything's going great. But really, when you take off the mask and you really look behind what's going on in your marriage, it's hanging on by a thread. Or for some of you, maybe it's, it's, it's posting, you know, you get everything set, you get your Bible, you get your coffee cup, you get your journal, you get everything just so to take a picture to let everyone know that you were spending time with God. But little does everyone know that it took you maybe more time to take the picture, to get everything set up, to get the right filter, to figure out what you want to say, to figure out what hashtag, and you spent more time doing that than you really were even spending time with God. What does Jesus want us to undo? He wants us to undo hypocrisy. Sometimes it's not even us hiding behind the mask on social media. We literally just go off on social media and, 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 and start to interact and say all these things and start to tear down people. But yet in the title of, of, of our description, it says that our, you know, our number one thing is being a Jesus follower. But then you look on your social media and it's like, wait, what? That makes no sense. What would Jesus undo? Jesus would undo hypocrisy. Jesus would undo hypocrisy. Now, this might be making some of you feel maybe a little uncomfortable by everything that I've been talking about. And I just want you to know that if you feel uncomfortable right now, that's a good thing. And my hope is that you're not just thinking, well, man, someone really needs to hear this, and I can't wait to send this to that person. But my hope is that there's an awareness in you right now that maybe there is some things inside of you that you're starting to recognize some of your own hypocrisy, and that's a good thing. And I want to encourage you to just keep that focus, keep that thought, keep that directional focus, and know that there is hope. There is hope for the hypocrite in all of us. There is hope for the hypocrite in all of us. Jesus continues in Matthew 23. Here's what he says. He says, Woe to you, you scribes, you know, teachers and Pharisees, you hypocrites, for you clean the outside of the cup and the plate. Using an analogy here. But inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisees. He's calling them out. You're blind. Listen up, he says. First, not second, but first, clean the inside of the cup and the plate that the outside also may be clean. Just don't worry about cleaning the outside of the plate. First, don't try to get everything figured out on the outside so everyone thinks that everything's good. No, no, no. Clean the inside first which is the symbol of him saying, allow me, allow the Holy Spirit to come inside of you and work in you and use my transforming power in you. And as you allow me to work in you, what is happening and get that stuff out of your life, then my display of my power will start to shine on the outside from the inside out. Not from the outside in, but from the inside out. Jesus has zero tolerance for hypocrisy. But listen, my friends, he has unlimited grace for a sinner who recognizes their need for forgiveness. Let me say that again. Jesus has zero tolerance for hypocrisy, for the mask, for the fakeness. Zero. But he has unlimited grace for the sinner who recognizes their need of forgiveness. 
forgiveness. I had to learn this a long time ago in my life. And I have so many examples of me being a hypocrite to this day. And one of the things I learned a long time ago in my life is that I would rather be an honest sinner than put on a show and be a lying hypocrite. I would rather be an honest sinner than being a lying hypocrite. I, uh, before I was a pastor, I was uh, a musician in a band, and we'd travel all around playing music and love getting to do that. And I'd get up on stage and play these different shows or play these different camps and retreats, and I'd talk about the devotion and be devoted to God and, and, you know, and just spending time with him and having that intimacy with him. And then I'd get off the stage, and I would rarely pick this up and even look at a page. The only time that I would look through a page of this book is when I had to get on stage to have something to say. My devotion was just phony. Not only that, there was a season in my life at that time where my intimacy and my relationship with my spouse was being distorted because of my addiction to pornography. And and, and that started to consume me. And it got to the point in my life where I was exhausted from putting on the mask. I was exhausted from, from putting on this fake facade of getting up on stage or trying to tell everyone about, you know, be devoted to God. And then in my own quietness, I was barely doing it myself. And then having this own addiction, it was just enough. And I was exhausted. But I will tell you, The scariest thing for me to do in that moment was to literally take off the mask. It was so difficult for me to pull. I wanted to take it off, but I was scared to death to take it off. But God, by his grace, who doesn't tolerate the mask, but because I was an honest sinner, was unlimited in his grace and gave me the strength to take off my mask and lower it down and to make things right with my spouse and to help us restore that area in our lives and to strengthen our marriage like never before and to surround myself with men in my life, which would be a a city group that we have here today, surrounding me, lowering myself, being vulnerable, willing to, to come clean. Proverbs 28, 13, what does it say? It says, whoever conceals his transgressions, his sins, his or her sins, will not prosper. If you keep putting on the mask with your sin, you will not prosper. But he who confesses, not conceals, but confesses and forsakes those things will obtain his mercy. Zero tolerance for hypocrisy, but unlimited grace. There is healing. When you confess, concealing keeps you from healing. But when you confess, there is true healing that comes in your life. You are only as strong as you are honest. You are only as strong as you are honest. And you have nothing to fear when you have nothing to hide. You have nothing to fear when you have nothing to hide. And so maybe for some of you, what does it look like for you? What does it look like for you to drop the mask? 
Aren't you exhausted? Aren't you tired of holding up the mask and putting on the show for everyone? Aren't you just tired of the mask? What does that look like for you? You know, and maybe it's not by accident. This week, we are literally kicking off our city groups, community of people. When we, when, we, when we confess our sins to the Lord, and then it says when we confess our sins to one another, there's healing. Being willing to, to surround ourselves with a community of people. We build that trust, and then they're there to help us through. We need each other. Moving together is better. Get into a city group to help you as you lower that mask. Don't lower the mask and then walk alone. That's not good. So what does it look like for you? What areas in your life might you need to lower the mask? Maybe it's the device. Maybe the same device that you read God's word is the same device that you're looking at pornography. Maybe it is your marriage. Maybe you kiss your spouse goodbye and then you go to work and you're flirting in the office with whoever it is. Maybe it's that secret addiction that no one knows about but God. And it's lowering the mask and getting freedom from that. Maybe it's you put on the facade that you have all this money and everything's doing well, but you are drowning in debt right now. And nobody knows it but you and God. What does it look like for you to take off the mask? Maybe for some of you today, as we've been talking, if you're honest, when it comes to your faith, Maybe your faith has been a mask. Maybe your faith really isn't real. By the, by, the, by the fruit of your lifestyle, there's been no change. And maybe you truly have never given your life to Jesus, but you've been putting on a show for everyone to make it seem like you are. Why? Don't do that. I mean, you have a choice. Look at, come right here, right here. Do you want to be an honest sinner? Or a lying hypocrite. Remember what he said about hypocrites? Sentenced to hell? He's pretty bold and pretty serious about this. Lying hypocrite or an honest sinner? Who are you fooling? You can't fool God. You can't fool God. Maybe for some of you, you haven't been putting on a mask when it comes to God because. You've never stepped foot into a relationship with them. You've never even attempted that. And the reason why you haven't attempted it is because you don't want to be a hypocrite. You think, well, I mean, I can't receive Jesus and become a Jesus follower because I know how I am and there's no way. Remember, and here, if this is so important, please hear me. God loves you for who you are, not for what you should be, because you never will be what you should be. He loves you in all of your mess and all of your brokenness and all of your shame and all that you've done and all that you said. And there's nothing you can do that's going to make you good or better or this or that that's going to make him love you any more or less. He loves you so much, so much so that he had to make a decision. He had to make a decision. Am I going to be eternally separated from them? Or am I going to die for them? Am I going to be 
eternally separated from you calling out your name? Or am I going to die for you calling out your name? And what did he do? He made the decision to die for you, for your sins so that you didn't have to pay it. It's unbelievable. And isn't it, it's, I mean, to think about this. And it's hard for us to receive this sometimes, right? That your life was worth someone's death. He literally emptied himself on a cross. A brutal death for you. To pay for your sin. And he's calling out to you to lower your pride and receive him as the gift. He doesn't want you to put on a show. He doesn't want you to have it all together. He doesn't want you to be this lying hypocrite. He just wants you to be honest that you're a sinner and that you are in need of his forgiveness and his grace for you is unlimited. Have you received his grace? Have you genuinely received his grace or have you just been putting on a mask? Have you just been putting on a front? Well, if you haven't genuinely received Jesus, I wanna give you that opportunity right now. He makes it very clear that if you call upon him to make him your savior, he will save you. And so right now, wherever you're watching, just I want you to just Maybe bow your head, close your eyes. Maybe put your hands out, just open-handed to him and just say, Father, here I am. I'm taking off the mask. I confess my sin to you. I believe that you, Jesus, are my God. Thank you for dying in my place and thank you for rising again for me. I lower my pride and I surrender my life to you. Right now, I receive you, Jesus, into my life. As we continue to pray, if you really meant that, if, if, if you internalized those words and, and processed them that and, 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 and made it your own and, and just literally meant that, it wasn't a facade, it was real, <laughs> then my friends, you don't have to worry about the penalty of hell that he talked about earlier so boldly. You will have eternal life in heaven with the God who loves you so, so much. Father, thank you. Oh, thank you for your unlimited grace. Help us to take off the masks that we can so easily build up and put up in our lives and not even realize it. We love you. We pray this in the power of your son's name, Jesus. Amen. Well, hey, before you go do whatever you got next on your plate or on your calendar, I really want to encourage you to do something for me. Two things. One, if you just made a faith move, if you just said that prayer to him, if you, if you made that real, if you took off your mask and, and, and gave Jesus your life and received him as your savior, I want to encourage you to just text the word, my faith, to the number on the screen. Just text the word to, to my faith to the number on the screen. And we want to celebrate with you. We want to answer any questions that you might have. Now, for those of you that are Christ followers, 
I want to challenge you right now to take the Psalm, let's put it up here, the, the, the Psalm 139 challenge. And I wrote this song years ago when I was in my band off of what I talked about. And uh, as I play this song, I, I want us to just before, I want us to just really keep processing this idea of, of, of just asking God to search us. Search me, oh God, and know my heart. To literally, you know, let him test us and know our anxious thoughts and see, see if there is any offensive ways in me. God, would you point out the masks that are in my life right now? Point that out, lead me in the way of everlasting life. And so let's just continually allow God to do a work inside of us first. And as we allow that to happen, as we take off those masks, look out, look out then his display of his work will start to shine on the outside. So wherever you're watching, let's take some time and ask God to search our hearts and to take off the mask. Oh, 
Coming after me. Coming after me. 